Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday, September 29th, as uh, <clears throat> this month continues to get closer to the end of the third quarter. Yesterday was, uh, well, let's just say it wasn't a good day on Wall Street. Dave and I will discuss that and more coming up next. But before we do, remember, folks, uh, there's only one thing that any of us can control within our portfolios, and that's how much risk you have. And if you don't know what your risk number is or how much risk you have in your portfolio, how do you know you're in the right place? Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to find out exactly how much risk you have in your portfolio through our core retirement design specifically to do just that. Give us a call, 863-382-0037. With that, hey, we got Dave joining us next. Morning, Dave. So is Philip Statler from Statler Financial Service. This time every morning we check in and see what's happening. Excuse me, I had to cough for a second. Coffee went down the wrong throat. Check in and see what goes on with the markets this morning. And Philip is on the line. Philip, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Dave. Hey, doing well. It's hard to believe that as I look down the calendar that, uh, man, we only have today and tomorrow. And then uh, guess what? The fourth quarter's here. Yep, on Friday we're going to start talking about how we performed during the third quarter past, and boy, that's kind of hard to get my arms around. And on Thursday we got a deadline that the financial press, I swear, is just trying to throw investors into a tizzy. I was I was waxing annoyed with you on the phone before we started this morning. Headline on one of my tip sheets, what happens if the United States defaults on its debt? And I said, geez, they could just trot that same old story out and just reprint it once a year because the Congress plays chicken with the debt ceiling every dang year. Does anybody really believe that they aren't going to raise the debt ceiling one way or the other? It might take three days after the deadline just to prove a point, but does anybody really fear this could happen? No, I don't think so. I mean, I I don't believe. I think it does disturb the, the general public a little bit. It disturbs the traders a little bit. But ultimately, uh, whether it's before the deadline or a week or I mean, I think we've seen it go two weeks before, um, you know, the deadline. Those people, you know, the, the death seal is going to get passed. We'll continue to operate and we'll pay everybody back what they didn't get paid in that uh, period of time. I think the record was 35 days, and that happened to be during a time of uh, fairly good tax collections, so the ongoing stuff was paid. But about the time we got to the point where it was crunch time, they went ahead and did it. And this time around, I guess I'm even less concerned about it this time around as before, because the Democrats control both the House and the Senate. The Democrats are in the White House. There isn't a Democrat on either side, uh, on either House, that's willing to make Biden look bad, so consequently they can always ways, if they want to, just put a clean debt extension bill through, pass it on uh, reconciliation through the Senate. That's easy to do, contrary to what Schumer says. It's easy to do. And, I mean, it's over. What they're doing is they're playing politics with each other, trying to tack extra stuff on that the Republicans aren't willing to swallow. And, uh, you know, a pox on the Republican side of the fence, too. Uh, they're doing their level best to box the Democrats into uh, taking all the blame for the extension. But one way or the other, we, we all know it's going to happen. So this panic mongering, 
I mean, we got enough problems with oil prices, with uh, the interest rates going up, and all the other things out in the world. We really don't need this level of panic mongering from the press at the moment. So I'm I'm in a little bit of crabby humor this morning on that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We don't need it. Um, and, and we know that the other thing is, you know, we, we blame the Republicans a lot of times for this kind of stuff because, you know, obviously they're in the minority. But you know what? There's some moderate Democrats that want a clean um, debt, you know, debt ceiling bill, too, uh, that don't want all that stuff tacked on. And, and I think that uh, Pelosi and Schumer are having some issues uh, within their own party because of the moderate Democrats that are a little bit more fiscally responsible, uh, having some problems with uh, with all this spending. And they, they've got to get around that. And that's really what the problem is. The Schumer's talking about it being unquote, quote, and unquote, hard to put it through on reconciliation. Yeah, they put the extra be- they put the extra bells and whistles in there. Uh, they get uh, the guy from uh, West Virginia and the uh, lady from Arizona. They give them the willies, and they can't even do reconciliation. Just do your dang jobs and get it over with, would you, people? Exactly. Hey, you know, I'm looking at some different things coming out. I guess uh, I, I kind of have missed out on this and maybe it's just been hidden. But uh, one of my sources is talking about uh, a, a power crisis in Asia and Europe. Um, this specific article is talking about what that means to shipping. But but what does it mean to, to the world economy it even got me more excited and, and, and concerned because, you know, there's a, a panic buying of gasoline in the UK right now. And then natural gas prices in Europe and Asia are skyrocketing. And to the point, Dave, they're actually protesting um, across Europe due to the spike in utility costs. And in India and China, they've got a coal shortage. They've actually gone to, in China, uh, there's some provenances that they've actually started rationing power to factories. Now, that to me just breeds more supply chain issues. And it adds to the world economy concerns about China. I mean, remember, they're going through that real estate crash right now that uh, most conventional wisdom is saying is mostly going to be limited to the Chinese economy. But nevertheless, that puts a crunch on it. Now they have an energy crisis as well. Uh, We don't really we don't cheer for the Chinese, but we sure don't want them crashing as big a trading partner with us as they are. Well, that's right. I mean, we let's face it, we benefit from from their production. And so we would uh, we would be amiss if that happened and it would be a problematic for us and the rest of the world um, should something happen to to China's economy. So we uh, you know, it's one of those things we'll have to keep an eye on and see what happens. And I know natural gas, not only in Europe and Asia, but even here in the United States, natural gas prices have gone crazy high. Absolutely. And when we get to the oil prices, I've got one source saying that we're heading on a trend that indicates $80 a barrel oil, which is about as pleasant as root canal as it passes through my mind. (laughs) It was was an absolutely atrocious day on Wall Street yesterday. The Dow was down 569 points. The NASDAQ was down 90 and a half. And the poster child for a crummy day was NASDAQ down 2.83% down 423 points, and that kind of reflects back on what we've been talking about, the upset on shipping and potential problems with supply chain, our partners over in China, and then the rise in interest rates with another one of my columnists saying there's a possibility by the end of the year we could be looking at 2% 10-year Treasury bills, which 
kind of is enough to give NASDAQ companies a real case of the willies, as debt-driven as many of those firms are. Well, that's true. And I'm looking at the month-to-date numbers. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, Dave, we've got to have a good uh, a good Wednesday and a good Thursday uh, to get out of this month in the green. And I'm just not sure we can make it based on what I'm seeing on futures right now. It ain't a pretty sight based on the futures this morning yet. I mean, it's, it's still, at the very least, it's getting positive. But after 570 points worth of drop on the Dow yesterday, if we didn't have a dead cat bounce in the best-case scenario, we'd be in trouble, right? Uh, that's right. I mean, at least we are getting a bounce this morning, but not near uh, what uh, what we lost in yesterday's uh, in the yesterday's market numbers. So uh, we'll, we'll continue to watch that. On the uh, earnings front, we do have, I have two companies that reported. Um, Macron Technologies, the uh, chip maker, mm-hmm. they, uh, they beat expectations by about nine cents a share. Revenue uh, top forecast as well. Um, however, its current quarter forecast fell below what everybody thought it was going to be um, due to some computer making um face shortages that they're having not just in chips but in other parts heaven forbid you know it's not enough that we have a chip shortage now they're having shortages in other parts so the stock trading down this morning uh three and a half percent after being down yesterday uh, about two and three quarter percent so um struggling this morning with uh, uh looks to me like probably supply chain issues Ouch. And I'll bet you that's part of the sector drag because I got a couple of other big techs that are on the downside this morning, like Hewlett Packard as well. I'll bet you that's the other reason they're going down. Uh, That very well could be. Um, You know, so the only other report I have, and the stock price is not really jiving with what I'm having right now in my ticker sheets, but Calmaine Foods reported. I don't know if you remember, but they're the big egg producer. I think they're the largest egg producer in the country. Um, Mm -hmm. They, uh, They had, uh, I guess, a better than expected quarter. They lost less than what they were expected to lose for the quarter. Uh, Revenue did top forecast. Um, You know, they're having a, they're getting higher price for their eggs. The, uh, the, the, my, my report says their, their stock was up 4.4% this morning. Uh, my ticker is not showing that. I don't have an actual trade for this morning yet. So, um, But it would be nice if they were up 4% because they were down yesterday about one2 Well, we'll take a gate anyway. Resetting the table bloodbath yesterday on the NASDAQ and a decided off day on the other blue chip indexes. Uh, one of my tip sheets called it a taper tantrum. I got a sneaking hunch it was a whole bunch of other factors getting into it as well. We kind of alluded to a small bounce this morning. How big is the bounce 45 minutes early, Philip? Well, you know, if we hadn't have uh, dropped so bad yesterday, we'd love today. But, uh, you know, we're still not there. We're uh, The Dow 30 is up about a third of a percent. Uh, the S&P 500 is up a little shy of a half a percent. And the, uh, and the NASDAQ's up about... Oh, a little over six tenths of a percent. So, um, not really getting, uh, not not getting it done after yesterday's uh, bloodbath. Uh, but today, we look at the commodity side. And I got to tell you, Dave, there's only one green thing on the page, and that's gold. Gold's up a tenth of a percent right now. Uh, silver is down another one point three percent, and crude oil is down three quarters of a percent to seventy four dollars and seventy five cents a barrel right now. Boy, that's kind of nice, but I'm afraid it's cyclical given the longer-term trend, aren't you? Uh, I think so. I mean, I think we'll we'll see. 
you know, more and more people are getting on that bandwagon of saying 80 before the end of the, before the end of the year, probably. I sure hate hearing that, but I'm afraid it's going to happen. Overseas markets, Asian Rim was not happy at the close this morning. Japan was off by a full 2%. The Shanghai Chinese composite was up, uh, was down by one and three quarters percent. Hong Kong got a little bit of a rebound up, but that was because they had an atrocious day the day before. Europe is kind of doing what we're doing. They're recovering by a little bit. Everything's green, but not very much halfway through their day. Uh, we're looking at all kinds of factors, none of which we control and all of the weird things that we're hearing from the uh, pundits are just driving the market in weirder directions and in weirder extremes, Philip. That's really concerning if I'm getting close to retirement. How do I find you to be able to pull the risk out of my portfolio? Absolutely, Dave. You know, days like yesterday were tough for folks getting really close to retirement. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 just to do a deep dive into your portfolio to see exactly how much risk you do have. And then check out our website, statlerfinancial.com. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. at noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730. And 95.3. I keep plugging that. It's on FM these days as well. Philip, thank you so much. We'll catch you in the morning. All right, man. You have a great day. Thank you. Be well. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler from the